You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. How you going? Wait, wait. Let me, let me say that. How am I going? I don't know. I'm not going anywhere right now. I'm sitting right here. Oh, why did that even happen? I, uh, because I, the Lord moves in uh, mysterious ways. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that one. God's ways are not our ways. <laughs> oh, wow. How, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine, okay. as far as I know. Yeah, uh, there we go, as far yeah, as you know. as far as I know. That's, yeah. a, that's as much as I can ask. Yeah. And I can't ask of how you do not know. <laughs> I mean, it depends on the manner of your asking. What? The nature of religious certainty, oh, epistemology, etc. Beyond me. <laughs> Beyond me. <laughs> Out of my depth. How are you? I'm good. There yeah. was... Yeah, like that slight hesitation right before that you pick up in like the movie. Like I wouldn't have addressed this if if this was a movie, but I did because I. If it was a movie, we'd have to carry that dramatic tension. Yeah, and have Um, to like resolve it later. Exactly. No, I uh, as I I told you before we recorded, I woke up early, right? And it's not my usual like two minutes before the alarm and you feel good that you like saved the day. I don't know. You (laughs) you feel like you feel like a favor, a cosmic favor has really been done for you when you wake up like two minutes before the alarm. You know, I woke up like an hour and a half early i'm like well here i am this is here I am. this is the so i'm a little extra tired <laughs> god bless you yeah but here you are anyway happy to be here though yeah yeah got the coffee got the coffee you know yes sweetened with oat milk as well this one is unsweetened coconut ah unsweetened coconut. Yeah, it's milk. easier to get truth be told <sighs> i see it isn't the it isn't my favorite thermos um the brand is mirror m-i-i-r Mir. tremendous everyone should have a mirror thermos there they're, you go. they're wonderful. It's my recommendation. This podcast episode sponsored by Mir. Just kidding, it's not. <laughs> Nobody is sponsoring us. We are not. We have not been bought out by any mm, corporation. Not, not that yet. being sponsored is being bought out. No, it's I'm, not. I'm open to being. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Just kidding. Ah, well, today mm. we continue our series in yes. the Assassin's uh, Creed Three. <laughs> you know what's extra funny to me about the joke you just made. The one that I make every episode. Uh, As I almost legitimately just now said we are on to assess, like, without, not unintentionally, like, it was just, it was about to come out Mm. because we joke about it so often and we're making such jokes before we started recording. Yes. And, uh, yeah, no, Apostles Mm. Creed. The Assassin's Creed 3 was not its highlight, so let's hope for... No, it was, it was definitely not. Anecdote? Bought Assassin's Creed 3 yeah. with a PlayStation 3 bundle Ooh, whoa. when I first arrived at Goodfellow Air Force Base. Wow. Way back in the day when I was on active duty, when I was training yeah. in intelligence. Because the evenings were uh, mm. were long and boring and <laughs> it was Texas and the middle of nowhere Texas at that. And we were on a military installation. So, I mean, your options were just far and few really, really limited. And mm. anyway, I never I never beat it though. Never beat yeah, that game. Cares? I got it's like not... two hours into it and I just couldn't no. continue. It's not great. Yeah. It's so, not great. But the third article of the, the Apostles article. Creed, yeah. mm. I think it, it holds a little more. <laughs> That's a relief. A little more water, a little more weight. So, yeah. In the last episode of this series, we covered the article which says, I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord. It was the previous article. So, here's the next article. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Okay. So, I was jumping ahead last time with the whole Immaculate Conception thing. It's got its its own devoted article. Its own little article. Yes. I yes. shouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Because it is kind of a big deal. It is kind of a big deal. Also, do you want to know something fun that I learned within the last year? Yes. About the Immaculate Conception, that Please. term. Yeah. So, the Immaculate Conception actually refers to the Roman Catholic dogma that Mary was conceived 
sinlessly. Wait, what? Yeah. Isn't that wild? So we do, do we just adopt the term or we just have been using Protestants, it wrong? like, I think it was like an accidental <laughs> adoption that we used to refer to the fact that Jesus was conceived, you know, without sin. Oh my but word. But it's originally, yeah, Catholic. And that's what it Is means. Is the term even correct? Is it even accurate to say that? I suppose if you broke it down to its words, which is what we always do. We break things into our words, so that really makes sense. We can always break it down into the syllables. That's it. Yeah, the syllables. Funny, the Freemasons do that. That's another conversation (laughs) for another time. So... But, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it, I don't think it would be incorrect to say that Jesus was immaculately, I mean, that's, it's true. It's just funny that, like, when you think about that, like, capital, if it was, like, capital I, capital C, immaculate conception, it's, it's like a Roman Catholic. It's so strange. But I did not know that for many years. I've never heard of that until yeah, today. Yeah, because we're good old Protestants. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. But anyway, your point stands that, yes, this is about the immaculate conception of Jesus, not about Mary, which is actually funny because this article features Mary prominently and it's really not about her as much as it is about (laughs) jesus so anyway you are right ethan here is where we have the holy spirit showing up and by his power giving conception to Jesus in the womb of the Virgin Mary. And at this point now, all three persons of the Godhead have been mentioned. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we're not actually going to spend a lot of time talking about the Holy Spirit specifically, because if you remember the Creed or you know the Creed, you know that the Holy Spirit gets a whole article all to himself towards the end. Of course. Yes, of, course. of course. Yes. At this point, no yes. surprise. That's, yes. Uh, in fact, honestly, I'm kind of relieved. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Don't have to cram so much into yeah. one little article. So in the last episode of the series, we emphasized Jesus's divine nature, right? So we were looking at his roles as yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. God's son, he's our Lord, he's the Christ. This article more emphasizes his human nature, because uh, that's the thing about Jesus that makes him the most unique person in the universe, is he is fully God and fully man. He's not 50% God and 50% man. He's not 100% man who happened to have some God stuff sprinkled on him. He's not God putting on a trick show pretending to be human. He is fully and totally God and he is fully and totally human all at the same time. Mm, Okay. Which theologians call the hypostatic union of Christ. That's what they call that. The union of divine and human nature. That is my new favorite word. Isn't that great? Hypost- hypostatic. It just has so many That's good... Really, It just sounds... It's very it's good. A good word indeed. Hypostatic. It's just... Mm, so much to That's good. like about that. Feels good. So this article in particular, though, is focusing on the 100% humanity of Jesus, if I could break it down that simply. He was a real man with flesh and bones, right? I mean, that's hopefully obvious to us by now. <laughs> Not so obvious to some people way back in the day. You know, there were lots of arguments about that. But he was a real man with flesh and bones. In fact, he was a baby. I mean, he, like, was a fetus, even. Ugh, he, isn't that that's so weird? Isn't that weird to think about? He was he was a fetus. Yeah, she had he, to carry him on ca- camelback. Yeah. Yeah, like grew in the she just, the just, womb. He was just gestating. Yeah. What? Well, now that is a word that, That's, unlike hypostatic, <laughs> I do not like. I don't either. Mostly because of the way like, it sounds. I don't like any. I don't like any part of that. There's word. nothing about it. No. But uh, yeah, he was a fetus. He was in the womb. He was a baby. He had to grow up. Mary and Joseph had to change his first century diapers. Yeah, what is, whatever. I don't even want to know. <laughs> Maybe they just had different practices. Yeah, I don't, I actually, funny enough, don't know how that worked. Maybe, like, I mean, I'm sure they had to have like things that, but not diapers like we have, so. Yeah, maybe they had a sling and that you put their, no, I see you're nodding and I'm about to make this really dumb. So 
This is not sincere, just as a spoiler. Maybe they have like a sling that like the, that they put on their child, and then they they spin like you know what I mean. Like um, I think there's probably some sort of Olympic thing. You know, when you lean back and you spin, like you swing something. You know what I mean? So you like you're spinning in a circle, and the end of the pendulum is in fact your child in the sling, and they just um, they evacuate. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out a, a more pleasant way to say that. <laughs> is, is this tracking at all? I was so... You were believing I, me. Like, I'm prepared for that. Oh, I regret you just seeing, like, oh, that. I gotta, like, go compost, you know, the field what? behind my house. So, like, <laughs> no, no, no. No. <laughs> but it rem- I, in my mind, it removes the need for a diaper. That's what I'm saying. That's what you're saying. <laughs> and our mind. whole point in talking about this is the fact that Jesus was very real as a baby and a child, and he had to do those things. Well, probably not the thing I described. Well, no, not that. But he had to, it sounds, I mean, we are laughing, talking about this and making up these ridiculous things. But like, it's just so weird to me to think that Jesus did those like normal human things. Yeah. And I mean, teething. he learned. Teething. Yeah, teething. What the heck? He didn't have teeth. He didn't have teeth. I'd like to pass on that experience. He had to learn to eat yeah, and talk. Weird. Yeah. And he got hungry and thirsty and tired. Like, these are things that happen to God now. Like, that that's is, just so yeah. weird. Oh, he it's probably weird. like, you got to imagine if he was like, you know, who knows how overblown this was, but like if he was learning carpentry mm-hmm. from his earthly father, Joseph, you got to imagine there probably is a time he like hammer slipped, hit his thumb, you yeah. know, and like hurt, ouch, you For know, sure. drew blood. He got splinters. Yeah, like. God got splinters, probably. You know, okay, here's the thing. I know we're, like, talking about, like, oh, all these life struggles and, like, teething and, and raising a child that's also God. And what kind of... <laughs> but splinters. I just want to... I like the fact that it's so simple and relatable and awful. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, that... Weirdly enough, that is what drives the the kind of the kinship home for me. That's it. Like, that oh, yeah, God got splinters. Like, yeah, that is... That's crazy. And so he not only experienced all of those things, but he was, like, tempted by the devil, too. Like, Satan himself was tempting him in the wilderness. He experienced everything that comes with being a human being, but without the sin, of course. That's pretty remarkable. But, I mean, it does, I think, kind of raise some natural questions. Like, why did he have to be born of the Virgin Mary? Like, why did that have to happen at all? Like, couldn't... God the Father send God the Son by the power of God the Holy Spirit without getting the Son all tangled up in the muck of human flesh? Couldn't he do that? Uh, I'm inclined to say it's possible. Uh, I mean, who's to say it's not? Who's to say what's said is not, as my friend (laughs) Ephraim used to say? But like, I mean, like at least to skip the whole birth and that pesky childhood phase. Um, (laughs) But I'm inclined to believe that that means it was probably done for our benefit. I would be inclined to say that you Mm. are correct. Thanks to those splinters. (laughs) Thanks to those splinters. Yeah, I think I mentioned this in the last episode of the series that we've more or less in the modern day lost the wonder and glory that comes with the sheer fact of Christ's incarnation as a human being. Mm. Like, we're very good at talking about what Jesus did for us on the cross and the things that that accomplished for us. We're not so good at talking about how the simple fact that he became flesh and that he experienced everything, like getting splinters, you know, bleeding, feeling pain, all those things, how that just, that very act, that God did that, redeemed something in our human nature. Like, it's so weird. Like, there, it's almost impossible to describe. Like, the metaphysics of human nature yeah. changed the moment Jesus took on flesh. 
Like there was something that changed about it. Like the it. significance of? Yeah, and something inside of it was like redeemed. That something about it was made whole, not completely, but like was set on the course of being made whole again. Okay. And there are probably more poetic and more clear ways to describe that. And I'm sure that somewhere along the way, like Athanasius or Origen did, and I just haven't read it yet. So, <laughs> But we, we've lost, I think, touch with that side of reality and the fact that Jesus carried that human body into heaven. Like he, yeah. he possesses the only human body in heaven right now. And in that human body, he is interceding for us and praying for us at this very moment. At the moment we're recording this, at the moment that you are listening to it and it's it's entering your ears, he is praying for us right now with that human body. And so all of that is to say that there is so much more to Jesus's work for us than just his death and resurrection. Yeah. Like that's kind of a linchpin, of course. But there's so much more to it than that. And it all really begins more or less in Luke 1, 26 to 38, which is the famous Christmas text, right? Where we meet the Virgin Mary and the angel Gabriel tells her that she's found favor with God and will bear a son who will be great and will be called the son of the most high and he'll receive the throne of his father, David, and reign over a kingdom that will never end, which is, you know, where we get the you know, he was born of Mary, but yeah. he was born of the Virgin Mary, which is normally a contradiction in terms because a child can't be born of a woman who's a virgin, right? So which one might say it is immaculate. One might say that that is immaculate. I don't know about the Catholics, though. They might not say so. <laughs> like, this has happened before. <laughs> But because that's the thing is Mary asks how that could happen given her virginity in that text because apparently the way Gabriel spoke gave her the impression that like, oh, this is going to happen like – today or you know like this is, this is happening right now and um, of course she's not yet been with a man is what she says and gabriel tells her that the holy spirit will come upon her and that's really that's all he says he says the holy spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you and that's Ooh, especially when you get to the word overshadow like i i don't know about you but this would not be the most comforting suggestion no i've ever heard <laughs> Like, maybe you could spell it out for me more than saying, in, in fact, use words that don't include overshadow. That's what I would like to avoid because it makes me uncomfortable. Like, could you spell it out? Could I, will I be conscious through the procedure? Will, will this be some sort of painful, like, body transformation or will I sleep through it? Like, yeah. I'm now asking, realistically, I'm not just asking medical questions, <laughs> yeah. but those are the questions I want answers to if I'm in Mary's shoes. Yes, yes. Like, how, mm. you know, again, like, how did this happen? And you're thinking you're going to get a more... Like, well, here's the step by step. And yeah. Gabriel's just like, Holy Spirit. <laughs> Bye. Most high overshadow you. Yeah. And, it's, and like, again, Mary, apparently it's good enough for Mary, though, because I mean, she's like, okay, I'm, well, I'm serving the Lord. I guess so. it has to be. <laughs> yeah, like, so let it be, be to me according to your word. And, and so that, that passage is where we get all the ingredients for this article of the Creed. And this is how Jesus maintains his fully divine nature and his fully human nature, because he's, he, <laughs> Incubated, he's he grows in in the womb You're of a woman. To avoid the word gestate, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, I was about to like, no, I don't like that word. <laughs> but yeah, he he is he's, he grows in the womb of a, a woman. But his conception is of the miraculous power of the Holy Spirit, and the seed of a sinful man is not involved at all. And so again, I mean, kind of just drawing back to what we said earlier, and the implications for this are vast, and the church fathers went to great lengths to draw those implications. Out. Yeah, well, as far as we're concerned, sorry, Catholics, uh, there's no there's no precedent for this. So, you know, right. it kind of makes sense. Yeah, like, you know, this is just the, again, the sheer fact that this happened to God the Son and that he was born and that it happened this way is 
a monumental moment in all of the universe and in all of human history. Yeah, I mean, God is basically saying, like, I will break the rules of the reality in which you must live. Yeah. Like, th- I'm going to just make this thing happen in a way that it can never happen again. Yes. So th- th- that is, one might say, significant. Yes. One might say <laughs> that that is the case. And, I mean, in short, this means that Jesus experienced and redeemed the whole of human life. I mean, from the moment of conception in the womb to the pain of death, it itself and and the loss that comes with not only experiencing experiencing death himself which he did on the cross but yeah. experiencing the pain of death when it came to those that he loved and everything in between and that is not of course to say that he personally experienced literally every single like aspect of human experience oh, that, sure. like i mean he never sinned like that's a pretty key piece of our human mm. experience right yeah. but pretty, he, sig- <laughs> pretty significant actually yeah like but he never experienced that uh he was single and celibate his whole life so he never experienced that but the point is not that he experienced every single possible human experience down to the last like iota mm-hmm. but rather that his very existence as the god man in the flesh from the moment of conception to the pain of death redeemed the whole of human experience. Mm. That that it is possible that tainted with sin as we are and as broken as the image of God is within us, that image can be now redeemed by the very fact that God the Son became a man, did something to our human nature itself. Yeah, I think, I, I remember you saying something along these lines recently, and I've been enamored with the idea ever since. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I've actually got, in my Logos library, <laughs> so fancy, I've got some of the writings of the church fathers queued up on this topic, and if I were smart, I'd have read them before we did this episode. Uh, listen, we're not but, perfect. Yeah, we're not perfect. We all <laughs> sin in many ways. But yeah, they wrote about this extensively, and if I could again summarize it like this, our problem was that the image of God within us, which is what makes us human, right? Like, we're humans because we're made in the image of God. That's like what's fundamental to mm-hmm. our nature. That image was shattered by our sin and was beyond our ability to repair. So, um, if I could, I don't know, paint this picture with an analogy of a picture. <laughs> Do it. Paint, paint the picture of a picture. I mean, I'm sure you've seen, you know, in old churches, really beautiful and ornate stained glass windows. Ooh, like, with, yeah. I mean, these are very complicated scenes. Mm, check out very, any Google rose windows mm-hmm. of cathedrals. Yeah. Blow your mind. Yeah. Now imagine if somehow that window, like someone threw a boulder through it and it just shattered to a trillion pieces. We would execute them. <laughs> yeah, like kill them. Because it's irreplaceable. I mean, come on. Yeah, irreplaceable. Like the value of that cannot be no. quantified. And you can't, how are you going to put that back together? Like <laughs> even if, let's say you have every single shard you, of that window. Like you probably destroy the frame that held it all together. Yeah. And like, so you can't, you can't put it back together, right? Mm. That's a picture of what happened to us when we sinned. Like that the image, all the shards of it are still there, but we've shattered it like hopelessly. And then Jesus comes along and in his human nature, he repairs that. He shows us what that image was always supposed to be like. He shows us what human life was meant to be like from the beginning. But then, you know, if that's all he does, that's kind of depressing because like, wow, well, like our window's still shattered. Like the image of God in us is still shattered. Like how are we supposed to, we're just hopeless now because we can't repair it. But he also takes the shards up in his hands and he begins somehow, impossibly, against all hope to put them back together. And in the end, he is actually going to make it somehow more beautiful than when it was first there. Like, he's somehow going to make it more beautiful. Do you know what this makes me think of, actually? 
Um, wow. And I, I I only thought about it when you mentioned the stained glass thing, but as you explain this, it, it now fits perfectly, so I feel very validated. There is a, a Japanese art form dealing with pottery when it shatters. Mm-hmm. They repair it with gold. And so, it, like, like, like resin or lacquer or something with it. But, yeah. it, I mean, it makes the piece a million times more beautiful and completely unique and irreplicable ways. That's, I don't know if that's a word, irreplicable? It replicated. is now. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it becomes, like, far more unique and far more beautiful to have these veins of gold stitching together yeah. its pieces. So cool. Yeah, and that is another great picture. That's exactly what is happening to us this moment. That is, as we are beholding the glory of Christ and as his spirit continues to reshape our hearts, we are being transformed from one degree of glory to the next. And that image is being restored within us. And one day it will be what it was meant to be and more. Yeah. And it will be more, mm. even more beautiful in the end, somehow for having been broken, which is like, I think that's one of the things we just cannot understand that right now. Like, how could that be? Like, I can picture in my mind right now how life in my head could have been better if this had never happened. And if Jesus <laughs> hadn't had been born to the Virgin Mary, right? And all these things, like I can picture some scenario where I'm like, oh yeah, like you're not having to feel all this pain, all these mm. things. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, okay. I said sure, because I like to be supportive. <laughs> but as a four, I think I think that in a very small pedestrian way, I can look at things that are painful and like things that happen in all of our lives that are sources of grief, but also the way like the Lord uses those. Mm-hmm in increasingly beautiful ways. Yeah. Those points of growth and those like discoveries would never have happened without the pain. Yeah. I don't, so I think there, there is something significant about that. There that, is. That makes it even more beautiful that like God can redeem those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and that when we are in the new heaven and the new earth, it's not as if we get like mind wiped where it's like, you know, like, all right, like, yeah, now yeah. it's like as if it never happened. That's a it's good like, point. you'll remember, like, I mean, we'll know each other, we'll remember yeah. these things, but it'll be like, there won't be grief about it, yeah, which is another thing I can't comprehend. Some sort of perfected. Yeah. Cause like, I think back to like just embarrassing things oh, I did. Like, much I'm like horrified, grief. Absolutely. And I, then I think about the terrible, like, sinful things I've done and said to people. For sure. And like, you still feel the pain of that. But somehow you're gonna know all these things because we're still human. I mean, like we're gonna we're gonna have that that image of God will be restored, but without the grief. Like we'll have known the pain and been made better for it, but without yeah. the, like the, the like the shadow of it, the phantom of it, yeah, continuing to haunt us. And I just find that you know again like that does when I really stop and think about it for more than two seconds, trump the vision of well, it would have been better if you know <laughs> like that's a that's a boring story if i can put it yeah. in those terms well, it's like those those emotions and that part of the human experience was in was was crafted by god yeah that we can we have the capacity to feel that emotion and the fact that it does not get erased from our consciousness yeah. i think is meaningful yeah you know what i mean it's not like oh that was a mistake oh that's just eh, that's yeah. just because you screwed up it's like no that's actually a part of it and there's there's still value to be found in it it just won't have this like you said the same shadow yeah that it does in our lives here on earth yeah and that's all possible because Jesus was a man, fully God, fully man. And he so, experienced the same things. Yeah. How about that? Crazy. I mean, he was like compassion, anger, you know, pity, wet, weeping, he wept, all those things. It's just, mm. yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's usually my line. That's it. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> this stole it from you. So in the next article, we'll talk more about Jesus's humanity and why he had to become human in order not just to redeem the image of God within us, but in order to save us from the sting of sin and death. That was mm. why he, that was another key reason why he had to become human. So yeah, we'll talk about that in the next article Looking because you may have been asking those questions and 
We'll get to it. It's all accounted <laughs> for in the creed. So thank you, as always, for listening. And if you have any questions about this or anything else, you can shoot them to podcast at horizonschurch.net. You can interact with us on social media. Mm-hmm. And if uh, you found this helpful and enlightening and fun, you can share it with a friend yeah. and leave us an honest five-star review. Please the do. iTunes store. So, yeah. Thanks, as always, for listening again. And we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.